You are listening to the CMC Podcast. Join us each week for messages designed to equip, inspire, and motivate. And now for today's message from Pastor Paul Kern. Well, if you're joining us for the first time, you just, hey, you're blessed. You're blessed to be a part of what God is doing here. We're grateful to the Lord for His goodness uh, to us each and every service that we have. God's just so faithful and we're thankful. Well, I have some exciting news for our church. Before I get into my message, which I am definitely pumped about, we have been working for several months on introducing some new technology to our church. You know, we're always trying to find ways that we can connect and communicate the gospel in a better uh, way. So when the pandemic happened, you, just, you guys know our church. We're not going to let that be a setback for us. That's, that's going to be a step forward for us. And so for Christian ministries at that time, all of our services were pre-recorded and then they would post the next day. So we weren't doing any live streams at that time. Well, when the, when the pandemic hit, we really felt it was necessary that we be able to live stream our services because obviously at-risk people and some different things that were going on, uh, we wanted to make sure that people could hear the services uh, while we had them happening. So not that we were really all that prepared, but we began to work really, really hard uh, to move our church in that direction. And so, man, I'll tell you, our team has just been working and working and working. And through that process, there was been, been a lot of refinements, um, some money spent, some things done. Because, um, you know, even though we were live streaming, our sound quality was really poor. And we knew that it was, but we just didn't have the technology at that time to make it better. And so we've really been investing a lot of time and effort. And I'll tell you, if you go on and listen to our live stream now, I mean, there's just a marked difference in the sound quality. You know, we, want, we wanted people who listened on the live stream to be able to enjoy worship to the best of their ability. Obviously, it's not like being live in the room. That's not possible, but to make it the best that it could be. So we really, really worked hard. Well, one of the things about having live stream on social platforms like Facebook and YouTube, it's very distracting. You know, there's ads that pop up and there's things going on. It's easy for people to kind of get derailed and go in a different direction. As a matter of fact, um, the statistics of people sticking with a live stream on social media is really not very high. They, they hang for three or four minutes and then they check out because they get distracted. So this leads us to what I wanted to share with you this morning. Now you can actually go to Christian Ministries, cmchurch.com, and our services are being streamed directly from our site now. You can just click watch live, and when we start our live stream on Sunday morning, our second service like we're doing now, or on our midweek service at Wednesday, you can literally watch those live. And we've implemented some really cool things there. So within the live stream, you actually have notes where you can take notes and save them. There is an online Bible that you can use when you're there. There's a chat room set up and available, and you can even ask for prayer. And we have live people who are available to meet with people who have needs and pray with them. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that great news? We're so excited about this. 
And so anyway, I just wanted to let our church know this so that you can begin to spread the word about going to our website, cmchurch.com, on the Sunday and Wednesdays that we do our services so that you can have distraction-free viewing, but you can also have some interaction with having Bible notes, chat, and prayer that we make available. So anyway, we're super excited about that. We're continuing to polish that and make it better and better, uh, but we just want to really meet the needs of all the people that we possibly can. Amen? You guys ready for the Word this morning? Turn with me, yeah, turn with me to John chapter 15. John chapter 15, we're going to be talking about deep roots today. In John chapter 15, verse 5, Jesus says, Yes, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them produce what? Much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Now go down to verse 16. You didn't choose me, I chose you. Isn't that good to know? Now that is just free. That isn't even a part of my service. That's just free. You didn't choose God, he chose you. He picked you. He picked you before you picked him. (laughs) That's good news. And then it says, listen to this, I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. See, if you're a follower of Christ... God's goal for you is to produce lasting fruit. That's your destiny. And I'm not talking about religious activities like going to church. I mean, obviously, that's what we do. We know that we're called not to forsake the assembling together, and that's why we're all here. I'm obviously preaching to the choir. If you're listening in today by live stream, you're a part of the service and what we're doing. Fruit means when people taste your life, you taste like Jesus. When people come into contact with your life, they come into contact with Jesus. See, we're called to produce tangible results. That's fruit. Those are the things that people can see in our everyday lives. Now, not only are we called to produce fruit, but Jesus said that we are to produce much fruit. And not only much fruit but that our fruit would remain. Now, when we we start talking about much fruit, in other words, God's plan for you is not for you to be a conservative Christian. No, God's plan for you is that you're an above and beyond believer. I mean, you're, you're walking in the Spirit. You're bearing the fruit of the Spirit everywhere that you go, in everything that you do. God's not satisfied with you just being this Christian that bears just a small amount of fruit. No, he wants a large amount of fruit. And then he goes on to say that he wants your fruit to remain. See, there's a difference between much fruit and fruit that lasts. The fact is, God wants our fruit to be eternal. In other words, you know, it's not like we have an encounter at youth group and we get pumped up and we live for Jesus for a couple of days, and then, or we go to summer camp, and we get the camp high, or we go to a, a church conference or a concert, and we get really excited, but, but after a while, that begins to wane. No, what God wants is lifetime impact. God wants generational impact. You know, I remember when God began to move in my life when I was 23 years old and I gave my heart to Christ and I began to follow Jesus. And, you know, one of the big prayers that I had was, God, I, w- I want my life to live for you forever. 
I, I, I want to serve you all the days of my life because I'd seen friends, you know, they kind of got started with Jesus and they lived with Jesus for a little while and then they fell away or they, they quit really pursuing the Lord and, and, you know, the things of the world became their focus, making money and relationships and all these things. And that was, that was an area of concern for me. And not only that, I noticed in my family that there was a lot of brokenness in my home, a lot of alcoholism in my family. Actually, on both sides of our family, we had that. And for my wife and I, we, we wanted to be a couple that were chain breakers in our family line. In other words, those links that had held our family members bound, we wanted to be a couple that God used to break generational curses off of our family. And, and, and God's been faithful to help us do that in our life. But see, God wants our fruit to be lasting. In other words, permanent change, generational change. You know, that's why the Bible says your children's children's children, right? That's the kind of change that God's looking for. Fruit means a fruit-bearing believer for a lifetime. You know, when I was a kid, my dad had a lot of gardens, and y'all have heard me tell some of my stories about gardening with my father, and he was just, like, insane. <laughs> you know, my dad, th this stage area up here is it's really pretty large, but this is tiny compared to the, the gardens that my dad planted. I'm talking acres and acres as far as your eye can see. And, I mean, he would plant purple hull peas and watermelon and cucumbers and squash and zucchini and eggplant, you name it, tomatoes. My dad planted it all. We had all kinds of fruit. So my dad took literally the, the producing much fruit from the Bible. He took that seriously, right? And guess who got to pick the fruit? Well, yours truly right? Well, not only that, I was also the one who got to plant the seed. And so, man, I'm busy as a young guy out in the, you know, just northeast Texas, super hot in the summer times, and we're out there planting those seeds. But there's something really interesting about the growth cycle of fruit-bearing trees and fruit-bearing plants. The cycle starts with the seed being planted in the soil. Then the seed is watered, and then the seed will begin to break open. And the first thing that begins to happen with the seed is the roots begin to grow down before the blade begins to come up. As a matter of fact, in the cycle of a fruit-bearing plant or a tree, the seed is first and then the fruit comes at the very end of the cycle. So both the plant and the root system are growing at the same time, but the root system is going down deeper as it grows. There's a very interesting tree. It's called the Japanese bamboo tree. I don't know if y'all have ever heard the story of the Japanese bamboo tree, but it's really a very interesting tree. You know, when you take the seed of the Japanese bamboo tree and you plant it in the soil, the very first year... The entire year, absolutely nothing happens. Nothing breaks through the ground, not a blade, not one single thing happens when you plant that seed. As a matter of fact, the second year that the seed is in the soil, absolutely nothing. I mean, no sign of growth takes place. 
But in the third year, kind of like Jesus, on the third day, he rose from the dead. Well, in the third year, you know what happens? Nothing. I set y'all up, didn't I? I mean, absolutely nothing takes place. But in the fourth year, in the fourth year, you know, like how Jesus delayed going to Lazarus' grave, and on the fourth day, Lazarus was raised from the dead. Well, in the fourth year, you know what happens? Nothing. Four years of a seed being in the soil, and there is no visible sign whatsoever that anything is happening. As a matter of fact, it's not until the fifth year that the bamboo tree, the Japanese bamboo tree, grows. And do you know that the Japanese bamboo tree in that fifth year grows 80 feet in six weeks? I mean, you could literally almost stand there day by day, maybe even hour by hour, and watch this tree come up out of the ground. It's it's amazing. And we marvel at that growth. We love the part of the story where the tree bursts forth and grows 80 feet in six weeks. That's exciting, right? Something's happening. We we love that part of the story, but we tend to kind of skip over the part or push out of our mind the part where we had to wait five years for anything to actually begin to happen. But actually something was happening. Under the soil, in the unseen earth, in that invisible realm, the roots that were needed to support the rapid growth of that tree were being established underground. Come on. You couldn't even see what was taking place beneath the soil. And just like the Japanese bamboo tree, beneath the soil, in the hidden places of your life, God is preparing a root system that can support the kind of fruit, much fruit, lasting fruit, that he wants your life to bear. You see, for a plant or a tree to survive, much less bear fruit, its root system has to be bigger underground than the tree is above ground. As a matter of fact, if you go to California and you go up into the mountains and Man, you begin to look at those redwood trees. I mean, those things are so tall and they're so massive. It's absolutely unbelievable how huge those trees are and how high up they go. But what you don't know and what you don't see is that you're standing on top of root systems that are wider underground than that tree is tall above the earth because that root system has to support that giant redwood tree in the Santa Cruz Mountains. This is what we call a strong foundation. See, a foundation is always bigger than the thing that it is supporting. And maturity and fruitfulness in our lives comes through a similar process. You know, we're working with our interns at Applied Life Leaders Academy, and, man, I hope you guys have had an opportunity to connect with them. They're serving all over our church. We have them on camera in different places, stage hosting, and it's just, they're just so awesome. You guys need to meet them. They're just, they're amazing. They're just great. Now, y'all keep being amazing because I'm bragging on you. Don't stop being amazing. Yeah, absolutely. But, but we're working with them, 
And we're learning about being rooted. We're learning about the importance of having the right foundations in your life. See, God plants the seed of his word inside of you, and God waters that seed with his Holy Spirit, and he begins, you, begins to give you insight into who he created you to be and what he has called you to do as partnering with him. He stirs this desire up inside of you. I'll never forget when God began to stir that desire up inside of me when I was young and just started following the Lord. Man, I was so on fire. I had all this zeal. I had all this passion. I wanted to do all these things, but the problem was I didn't have the root system that was necessary to support all of the things that my enthusiasm would lead me into doing. The important thing to understand is that your heart is the point of connection with Jesus. And he wants you to be rooted with him deeply in the point of your heart connection. That's the most important thing to God that comes before anything. I know that's one of the things that Josh, our youth pastor and our associate pastor, really preaches on a lot. And I really appreciate Josh talking about that because he understands the importance of that root system because he's walked that process himself and he's seen the benefits of what that has produced in his life. See, God wants us to where we think like he thinks, we speak like he speaks, we act like he acts, and we desire what he desires. And the only way that God can do that is he has to capture our heart. See, our hearts is where the roots of God's word must begin to go down deep into our life. That's what it means to remain in him. Jesus said, remain in me and you will what? You will bear much fruit. But apart from me, apart from that heart connection, you can do nothing. You can do nothing. For you to bear abundant fruit, God has to make you bigger on the inside than you are on the outside. So important. My wife and I, we're in the process of building a house. And let me tell you, it's quite an experience. There are fun moments and not so fun moments, but it's definitely a dream that we've had for a very long time. And we're super excited about God blessing us and giving us the opportunity to do this. And and I, and I just have to tell you, I have spent a lot of money. I mean, a lot of money on nothing. I mean, if, if you were to go up to where our house is being built, you would drive up and you would say, where's the house? Because there's not a piece of lumber that has been put together yet. There's nothing there. You wouldn't even think anything was happening at all. But see, what has to happen is a proper foundation has to be established to support our new home. It's a critical stage. You can't rush it. It's very, very important. Everything has to be done exactly right. See, spending time on your foundation is critical. And here's why. Because you can only rise as high as you go deep. It's so important for God to establish a heart connection with him so that when we do begin to bear the fruit that God wants us to produce in our life, that that fruit won't take us out, that that fruit won't be an overburden to us, that our limbs can support the weight of the responsibility of the things that God is wanting to do in our lives. Can I have an amen? 
There are a lot of lives that God's going to change as a result of coming into our home. We've had a lot of young adults, a lot of church members, a lot of people in our home across the street these last 25 years from Christian Ministries Church. And we look forward to God using our new home in, in really profound ways to change more lives. But we understand that it's critical and important that the foundation to that home is established properly before the home begins to be built and we can begin to bear the kind of fruit that God wants to happen. You know, I think about King David, similar uh, situation. If you guys remember, God led Samuel the prophet to go to Jesse, and Jesse called all of his sons up, and they were going to pick who the next king of Israel was going to be. It was Samuel's job to actually anoint one of Jesse's sons to be the king. As a matter of fact, turn with me. Go to 1 Samuel chapter 16. Let's just look at this together. I think it's important for us to see this. Now, this is a familiar passage. It's not something that you haven't heard before. But I just want to remind us all of this process of establishing deep roots in our life. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7, it says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward experience, but the Lord looks at the heart. In other words, God is looking for someone who would let him grow the, them on the inside before he began to grow them on the outside. And as you're listening today, you know, I want you just to ask yourself, is that my attitude? Is that my heart's cry? Is that my motivation? Listen, God wants us to bear fruit, much fruit, but he wants that fruit to be lasting. And for that fruit to be lasting, for that fruit to be multi-generational, we can't rush the process. We have to walk in faith and we have to walk in trust in every stage of our lives, every year of your life. And we're all in different places. We're all in different seasons. All of us are facing different things. But God didn't want another king like Saul. Clearly, Saul looked like a king, but he wasn't sufficiently rooted in God's heart to lead the nation of Israel the way that God wanted the nation led. As a matter of fact, in 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 3 and 4, it says, David was 30 years old when he became king, and he reigned for 40 years. You know, pretty amazing Jesse didn't even consider David to be a part of the lineup. He wasn't even somebody that he thought about. You know, we tend as people to look on the outside and, and we put such a, a precedence on that, but, but God's looking at the heart. What is important to God is our heart life. What's going on right in here? 30 years old, 30 years old. Now you do the math. Just think about that. From the time David was anointed to be king as a young man, God took almost 20 years to build the roots in David's life that were necessary for him to be a king that could reign on the throne for 40 years. My point is this. You've got to trust in the Lord, and you've got to keep your focus on him when you're in a place of process 
and you don't necessarily feel like anything is happening. God, I've prayed, I've asked you, open this door, fulfill this dream, bring this person in my life, and it hasn't happened. Seems like God's not even listening. But I want to remind you about the Japanese bamboo tree. See, underneath the soil in the hidden areas where you can't see, where you can't even feel it, God is busy working, making your roots go down deep. Our job is to water it with faithfulness. Our job is to watch over the seed. Our job is to trust God. God's job is to bring the growth in its proper time. The fact is, it's not the big train wrecks in life that knock us off track. No. You know what really gets most of us? It's just the, the menial, seemingly meaningless, boring, everyday routine of life. That's what gets people. Now, when we have a big train wreck, when something really disastrous happens in our life, when we're facing really hard things in our life, man, the first person we go to is God. We call out to God. We look to Him. But, but it's when life just is kind of stagnant. It doesn't really seem like anything's happening. And the fact of the matter is, church, life is like that. There are going to be lulls. There's times where it doesn't seem like anything's happening. And you have to understand that that is not the time for you to give up or to think that God is not working his plan. No, those are the days and times that God is growing a root system underground so that when that plant comes up and those fruit come in, it will be able to withstand and bear those fruit. You know, I remember... Many years ago, we, when Applied Life Leaders Academy was actually a two-year Bible college, we're a nine-month internship now, but years ago, we were a two-year Bible college, and had a, a guy come to a men's conference, and he was, a, he was a, a younger guy. He was married, though. He was probably in his, oh, his early 30s, and he had a couple of children, and he had come to a men's conference, and man, God really just impacted his life in a powerful way. I mean, he had an encounter with the Lord like he had never had before, and man, God just began to do some big things in his life. Well, as a result of that conference, God came back, I mean, this guy came back and met with me and said, man, I just really feel like that the Lord is wanting me to come to your Bible college. And I thought, well, that's kind of a big deal considering the fact that, you know, you're 30 years old, you're married, and you have a couple of children. But if that's what you feel like God is calling you, let's begin to pray about it. And sure enough, a period of time transpired, and that's exactly what happened. He ended up coming to our Bible college. Well, as a result of being here for about a year and a half, he was almost through with the program. He wanted to meet with me, and he just said, Paul, I really feel like... God is calling me to go into the ministry. I feel like I'm supposed to be a pastor. And he said, you know, I would like you and Tim, and this was kind of before uh, Josh's time, he said, I would like you and Tim to begin to train me and develop me for this season of my life. And I said, all right. I said, I need to ask you one thing. And he said, what is it? I said, I need you to give me 10 years. And he looked at me (laughs) like I had lost my mind. He said, did you say 10 months or 10 years? And I said, 10 years. He said, Paul, you're kidding me. You're asking me to give you 10 years before I can actually take a church and be a pastor? And I said, that's exactly what I'm telling you. 
And it just really, it kind of, I think it just really blew his mind. And I really wasn't messing with him. I, I was really serious. Well, he just didn't take me up on that offer. I don't know why, but he just didn't feel like that was for him because it was just simply too long. And so he ended up finishing school. And um, I remember getting a reference uh, for me to give him to be a pastor because he had answered an online thing for a church that he was going to take and ended, ended up becoming a pastor of this church. And I think it lasted about a year and a half. And the church fell apart. He and his wife got really, really hurt and wounded as a result of that. And it wasn't too long after that time that I lost contact with him, and many years went by. I hadn't heard from him in a very long time. As a matter of fact, after about 10 years, I got a phone call. He called me up and told me who he was, and he said, I know you haven't heard from me a very long time, but I'd like to have a lunch with you. I'd like to meet. And so we got together, and we had lunch together. And he said, you know, Paul, he said, I've been around the mountain quite a few times since I left this place 10 years ago. He says, as a matter of fact, I've started a couple of churches that didn't make it, been really wounded, really hurt, and now I'm in a place where I really don't know exactly what it is that God wants me to do or what I'm supposed to be. And he said this to me. He said, I wished I had to listen to you when you said, give me 10 years. Because I would have invested 10 years of work and fruit bearing and not 10 years of me trying to pursue my own thing. So it's so important. Luke chapter 18, verse 4 says, The seeds that fall on rocky soil represent those who hear the message and they receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots... They believe for a while, and then they fall away when they face temptation. You know, I've seen so many allow their growth to be choked out. Before it ever got a chance to produce the kind of fruit, much fruit, lasting fruit, that God wants to produce in their life. I've watched many Christians fall into compromise. I've watched a lot of Christians give up on their calling I've even watched Christians walk away from God entirely. I mean, completely turn their back on God. Just couldn't do it. See, they were unwilling to allow God to make their internal world a place where his word could thrive. See, the heart is so important. That, that future that God has for you, that dream that God has for you, that new season that God has for you. Here's my question. Where's your heart attitude? Are you waiting in faith? Are you trusting God? Are you keeping your heart rooted in his word? Or are you frustrated? Are you impatient, trying to get ahead of God? I mean, I understand I'm building a house. It's easy to get impatient, but, but I've just got to be patient. I've got to wait. I've got to trust. I've got to move in his timing. Whatever it may be for you today, are you just as focused on the foundation that God is wanting to build in your life as you are the end result? Oh, it's easy to get focused on what we want, where we want to be, where we want to arrive, but God is more concerned in establishing a root system because God wants to produce much fruit and he wants that fruit to last. Listen, anybody can start a race. Anybody can do that. Lots of people do. 
But God wants us to be finishers. As a matter of fact, finishers are impressive. They're impressive. Man, I watch people run. I watch people finish races. I'm just impressed by the fact that they, that they finished the race. And God's called us to finish our race. You know, Jesus said, I've come to do the work of my Father and to finish it. And one of the seven sayings that Jesus had on the cross, help me, it is finished. It's finished. You know, if David needed to be planted, if Moses needed to be planted, if Joseph needed to be planted, if all the men and women of God in Scripture needed to be planted, don't you think you need to be planted too? Even Jesus. It was 30 years before he started his earthly ministry. And Jesus obviously knew his identity when he was 12 years old in the temple. But God did not send Jesus out until he was rooted. And God knew that that takes T-I-M-E. It's necessary. See, God didn't anoint David and say, okay, let's get to the castle so you can start growing. No, after David was anointed, what happened? He went right back to the field with those few sheep that God had put him responsible over. And during that season of his life, during that time, God trained David to be faithful. God trained David to have a heart connection with him. So much of the Psalms was written during that time. David fought the lion. He fought the bear. All the things that were necessary for him to come up against his arch enemy, Goliath. And God to use that moment to place David on the map to become the king of Israel. See, God started David right where he was, watching over those few sheep. And church, the same is true for you. You are where you are because God has planted you there. I'm going to say that again. You are where you are because God has planted you there. See, God can grow roots of trust in whatever job you have. God can grow roots of trust in whatever grade you're in. God can grow roots of trust in whatever phase of college or life you may be in. And you may say, well, Paul, I feel like my attitudes uprooted me. You know, I've been impatient, I've been frustrated, I've been discouraged. Maybe you've even been sinful, you've been disobedient, even rebellious. But listen, it's important for you to understand. God always, always, always is there for us. All we have to do is repent. All we have to do is say, God, extend your mercy to me. I repent of my sins, help me, and God will be right there to help us out. Even if we miss past opportunities, even if you've wandered from God, you can start right over now, today. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Right now, in this moment, if you are going in the wrong direction, right now, listening to this live stream, listening to this podcast, sitting here in this auditorium, you can make the change and the correction that is necessary. So it's important for us to understand God always develops us before he develops our vision. God always develops us before he develops our vision. And if we don't understand this, we'll resist God. We'll get frustrated. We'll get irritated. We'll get confused. We'll begin to wonder, God, do you even remember me? Do you even remember my name? God, do you remember the promise that you gave me? 
And that's when we have to go to a scripture and remind ourselves. We look at all the men and women of God that God moved in their life, and we understand God does not microwave a man or woman of God. It takes time for God to establish a root system in our lives. Can I have an amen? You know, I think it's human nature to think we're ready for something when all reality we're really not. You know, I taught my boys to drive when they were real little. I mean, they could get behind a wheel and drive things. And, you know, we drove tractors and all kinds of stuff. And, and you know, they were capable of driving. They were able to do that. But they weren't ready for me to turn them loose out on the highway at nine years old with the responsibility of being behind the wheel of a several thousand pound vehicle and having the maturity level that they had at nine years old. See, even though they were capable, they weren't necessarily ready. And we can be capable, but not ready. The point of my message is this. I want to encourage you to trust God. Thrive right in the middle of the process that God has you in, regardless of what it may feel like, regardless of what your emotions are telling you. Now listen, you may not be where you want to be, but listen, you're sure not where you used to be. God's done a big work in your life. He's, he's brought you a long ways, and God wants to continue to take you forward. But remember, he wants fruit that will last. He wants your fruit to be permanent. It's tempting for us to fall for the lure of short-term success. This will have you settling for less, though, less than God's best. You know, if you're a single girl here today, don't settle. Wait. Trust God. If you're a single young man, trust him. He'll come. You know, I remember when my wife and I first met, I was almost 27 years old when we got married. And that was quite a bit older back in those times when we got married almost 30 years ago. That was a young age. I mean, that was an older age to be married. You know, now that's kind of the normal thing that happens. But, but back then, that wasn't normal. And I remember wondering, is it ever going to happen? But the thing was, is I wasn't ready. My root system wasn't established. I thought I was ready. At that time, I thought for sure when I was 20, 22, 23, I thought, man, I am ready. But looking back on that, it would have been disastrous. It would have been such a mistake for me to move ahead of God. I'm so glad that I waited. See, it's tempting to skip steps that seem insignificant. I want to encourage you today. Whatever season of life that you're in right now, trust God with the root building process that he has you in. God's faithful. Listen, he sees you. He knows where you're at. He knows your name. He hasn't forgotten you. Even though when you pray, it may not feel like your prayers go this high, you have to know that God is listening. It could be that you're in a season of testing. It could be that you're in a season of God causing your roots to go deeper. You know, when you think about fruit-bearing trees, when a drought comes, you know what the roots do? They're literally forced to grow deeper into the soil to search for water. And what that does is, is that drought causes the roots to go deeper so that when the storms and the winds come, that tree will be able to withstand the storms 
that come against it. See, that season where it seems like nothing's happened, that season where you feel like you're in a drought, that season where you just feel like you're not making any forward momentum. No, you've got to keep the right attitude because God is working in your life. He knows the dreams you have in your heart, but he wants to establish deep roots in your soil. In this season, instead of becoming frustrated, discouraged, depressed, no, I encourage you, cultivate roots of intimacy. Take that time to pray. Go into your prayer room. Spend time with the Lord. Listen to worship. Get out and get your heart knitted and rooted in a deep soil of intimacy with Jesus. You know, as I grow older in my prayer time, I spend a whole lot more time thinking than I do asking. I'm grateful. And instead of asking, I say, God, I thank you for the dreams that you have in my future. See, God, I thank you for the provision that I don't even see yet, Lord, that you have available for me. Far off in the distant future. I don't even know that I need it right now, God, but I thank you for the strength. I thank you for the wisdom. I thank you for the provision. I thank you for the roots that you're established in my life. God, I thank you for those things. See, thank God for the unseen blessings in your future. Give him praise. Thank God for his goodness in your life. And church, listen, if you'll do this, I promise you, your dreams and the goals that you have in your life, God will be faithful to fulfill them. But you got to know, God's always more concerned with our internal world than he is the external world because he wants, when those blessings come, when they arrive in our life, when that young man comes, when that young woman comes, when that new job, that new home, whatever it may be, that new responsibility, he wants you to have the root system that can bear up under the responsibility of that blessing. He doesn't want that thing to take you out because he's way more concerned about you than he is concerned about that thing that you're believing him for. He loves you, and he wants you to bear fruit and walk into that, but what we've got to do is trust him in the process of that time. Amen? Did y'all get something out of this? Come on, let's give God a hand clap together. Stand with me. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you. Lord, help us to trust in the process. Lord, let our roots go down deep as we cultivate intimacy with you in prayer, as we seek your face daily, as we put you, Lord, before everything else in our life. We know, Lord, that as we put you first, you'll be faithful to accomplish the things that concern our lives. God, go before us this week. Help us to be a blessing in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. God bless you and have a great day. You have been listening to the CMC podcast. For more information about CMC, our different conferences, Christian school, college internship, resources, and more, go to cmchurch.com.